You're listening to the Swap Mono Live podcast show brought to you by our friends at OGO. Hey, thanks for listening to the Swap Mono Live podcast presented by OGO. I am here with uh, Geico Honda's Australian import hunter Lawrence. So, Hunter, we just had a, a pleasant, chilly ride up Skyline. Yeah, a bit cold, bit cold. Yeah, it was a little chilly this morning. It um, was. That night was sick. It was but, good. But you had to wear uh, just short sleeves for the photos. Yeah. No, I was uh, tossing up between the bodysuit and the traditional <laughs> khakis and, yeah, mountain bike shirt. So, <laughs> I knew the camera was out, so I couldn't get caught dead in Lycra going yeah. down downhill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lycra with the visor and yeah, a, and a Lycra camelback. and the visor, and then the camelback just screaming out, "Help me! I'm a beginner." Nice. So you are the uh, the newest uh, newest rider on the Geico Honda team. Mm-hmm. You're scheduled to do uh, 250 East Supercross. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're coming by way of the uh, World Championship Grand Prix Series, where you spent a few years, right? Yeah, correct. So correct. Uh, I mean, there'll be some fans listening that kind of like who's hunter lawrence so yeah give me the give me the two dollar rundown on on the career so far yeah well uh, i was uh, 16 when i left australia went to chase a dream in europe and we stayed there for three years i raced my first year in emx and then two years in the mx2 world championship mm-hmm. and then yeah and uh at the end of the second year we were lucky enough to ink a deal with geico for 2019 so that was pretty awesome, you know, pretty cool to to have be able to tick the boxes off on the sort of yeah. the how do you want to say it, not to do list but like on the the criteria sheet, you know, to, to getting where we want to be and then Europe was definitely a big part of it. So it was cool. We finished uh, actually ninth in the championship two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Um this year I missed like I think gee eight rounds or something and maybe nearly half a season just due to injuries and and other stuff so um not the best year um but yeah no we're we're looking forward to the up and coming future it's awesome um all settled in here at the moment in in america so we're loving it it's cool all right so we got to uh chat you know a couple months ago when i first met you and you had said that you purposely went the route of um the gps first before coming to the U.S. because you looked at the past uh, past history of other Australian racers that have, yeah, have yeah, exactly. gone around. And yep. you, you felt that the ones who went to Europe first had greater success in the States? Yeah, yeah. We looked at um, yeah everyone that sort of ended up in America and, and just looked at the, their resume pretty much, you know, like all the guys that that had success and won races and, and, and were the most successful Australians, I'd say, in America. They all went... To Europe first, you know, Reedy obviously being the prime example, you know, he's yeah. he's probably the biggest example we followed and um so we thought, hey, there's obviously something to be learnt in Europe, you know, like because there's there's been guys that are coming from Australia over to America and racing, mm-hmm. you know, like it's there's been quite a few, but none of them have sort of made the made the impact as Chad did, you know, or, yeah. or Metcalf or Burner, you know, like those boys sorta they did Bruno go to um, Europe first? I'm pretty sure, yes, yes. Okay. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he did. Um, but yeah, so we were like, hey, obviously there's something to be learnt there, and and whether it was spending three to four months in in 
but five degrees Celsius mm-hmm. and below. Um, in snow, sleet, rainy, cold days where you don't see the sun for like three weeks, it's maybe it was that, or it was gee, I don't know, just your dark days. You just it's a tough old thing, you know. You're in foreign countries. Um, everything from let's say, gee, after training, where's your food places, you know, where do you go, you know, yeah. here it's, you know, ah, we'll go to Chipotle or, or Wabagru or whatever it may be, you know, like Whole Foods, you know, like for example, and where there it's like, they don't have a Whole Foods, yeah. you know, like every single country has different shops, so you find mm-hmm. your bearings in one country, well the next weekend you're racing in Italy where breakfast there is big old pieces of bread with ham and cheese yeah or like ham and cheese and tomatoes for breakfast you know like it's it's there's so many different different things and you go to to russia the food there's different it's all heavy like just uh-huh. like heart attack food almost <laughs> like your big mashed potatoes and meats 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 you know so it's it's it keeps you on your toes and it's just a, a good thing you know you're you're constantly adjusting to time weather climate food culture just everything you know so i mean it's yeah it's it made for t- an, it makes you tough yeah you know you can't you don't have the the luxury of feeling comfortable yeah. all year round you know you don't wake up and you have your same routine structure every day even on race day you don't mm-hmm. have that luxury of it so it's yeah it's a it's a wild story we've had in europe that's for sure what what country had the craziest food like the hardest place um craziest food I mean, Turkey this year was pretty, a bit different. Mm-hmm. It was, it was different. Like I, it threw me off. That's a prime example. It threw me off. I was, I was done for the second moto, you know, like, and I was fit and strong and like, and I was, I gassed out for the second moto. Just the breakfasts were, were like all sour creams and like your small <laughs> meat trays, like bits of ham and um, like just, just all weird stuff, you know, like that yeah. Turkish, like you have the souvlaki kind of or like this those sal- oh it was just not great you know <laughs> how about the flyaway races like did you did you race in uh in thailand no no i didn't go to indonesia but i i went the year before mm-hmm. um last year and yeah we just just stayed in the hotel the whole week <laughs> and we were there for like over a week we were there for like nine days or something yeah or no sorry a week probably a week yeah um and yeah it we only ate in the hotel um one night the Suzuki people we were with Suzuki and they took us out they wanted to bring us to their home restaurant thing they owned and and we went there and like yeah well, we didn't eat much and they yeah. had their like some of the guys are like some homemade alcohol they were given to some of the guys oh, on the team. like you know all the mechanics and stuff it's no no lie like they want they've had a stressful preseason they they want to relax so yeah a bit of having something to drink why not you know and yeah this stuff just knocked them flat on their backs like just the homemade <laughs> stuff and like none of the boys were like I think it was me and Jeremy Siwa mm. were the only riders that went out I think and and yeah we were just like. What's this? What's that? Fish? No, no. Chicken? Uh, no, it's okay. Like, yeah. we didn't eat nothing. Like, yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> crazy. There's some crazy experiences along with, with every trip, actually. So, I think my coolest GP experience was I got to see Villapoto win in Thailand. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, it's funny because I go to Thai restaurants here in California yeah, yeah. all the time. The Thai food in Thailand, you know, I guess it's authentic. Sure. So the U.S. Thai food is not authentic no, at all. No, and so it's, it's the same as, like, whether it be Chinese food or Mexican food. Like, yeah. I hear people here saying, like, yeah, 
Chipotle and stuff, that's like not even, and Meagles is not. Um, Meagles. <laughs> Miguel's. Meagles, yeah. And that's not like real Mexican food. And we're like, we love Mexican yeah, food, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's great. It's just the same everywhere, you know? It's never the same as it is in its real country. Yeah, but we, we got it in Thailand, we got in one of those tuk tuk things, the three wheel oh, yeah, taxis. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, tuk tuk. We went out, and dude, the funny, the most surreal experience I've had recently is. Those dudes are is, is Taking a, a tuk-tuk with Ryan Villapoto and looking for fake Rolexes and fake Louis Vuitton watch <laughs> purses and shit. It was just like the guy who could afford all the real stuff. We're yeah, looking for fake, fake shit. Stuff. Oh, dear me. But the, the street vendors of the meat that they were selling stuff, yeah. I mean, it looked good, but like you would never try it. Yeah, it well, sketchy. like me and, I mean, me and Jeremy, we were going for runs in Indonesia trying to get adjusted to the climate and yeah. like how hot it was and stuff. So we were going for runs out through the town and stuff. And where we were... In Jakarta, Pinkal Penang, I think it was called. Dude, it's no joke. Like, it is... We would go to a shopping center, and they would be rushing to take photos with us, not because we were not... Like, we weren't in team gear. It was because they'd never seen tourists right. before. Like, Caucasian tourists. <laughs> yeah, they'd yeah. never seen them. So it was like the king came to, to see, you know? Like, and it was the same for everyone. Mechanic, dads, like, everyone. Yeah. Of course, the riders that came with their girlfriends they were getting taken photos of more than the riders were, you know? Yeah. Like, but, yeah, we were going running, and they have the markets in, in their little towns, and there's, like, chicken and fish lying on the board in the sun, like, 35 <laughs> degrees heat. Yeah. And flies. you're like, and it's for sale, and you're like, oh, man. Yeah. You know, ironically, the best hamburger I've ever had in my entire life was in the hotel in Thailand. Yeah? Yeah, like, it's, it's kind of it crazy. It was probably, but... like, chicken and duck or something. Makes it... <laughs> Dog. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> So, all right, so uh, another thing that you said to me that was pretty impactful when we first met was, uh, you know, being from Australia, the, the scene there is not that great. Yeah. And your family up and sold everything mm -hmm. and, like, packed up, and you guys were literally motocross gypsies to chase your dream. Pretty much, pretty much. We're the motocross gypsy family. I mean, we selling everything from just, like, nice sets of shoes in mm -hmm. that we had that we were like hey yeah we're not probably going to use these in Europe we're like well see if we can get 10 bucks for them it was literally that we had so many garage sales we were like just selling absolutely everything and anything we could just to have some money to to live off in Europe you know mm -hmm. and like yeah we didn't own the house um mum and dad didn't own it completely you know so when we sold that a lot of money went to the bank and stuff and yeah, we were just, gee, everything. I mean, it was pretty cool story. I mean, at the time, it was like we're, I mean, I wasn't stressing. I wanted, I had my bag packed from the night I got the phone call and I was ready to go. But for them, it's, I was sort of still young and, and I understood, but I did understand the concept of how, mm. how many ends they had to tie up and, and yeah. finish, you know, like just to, to move. Like, we honestly have no strings attached to Australia anymore. Yeah. Except family that lives there. Like, we mm -hmm. have nothing that ties us to Australia except our passport. Yeah. Um. So, it's like, yeah, when we came to Europe, it's like, well, there's there's no going back. You know, it was only forward and up from here. And that was, I think that helped. Because, I mean, if you, you go somewhere knowing you can go back, it just, you just have that mentality in your head. Like, net. gee, that safety net. If, hey, if it goes wrong, it's okay. You know, I can go back. I've got something to fall on. You know, where us, it was like... Yeah, it wasn't like that. We got there and it was like, well, we got to sort of figure yeah, it out, make figure it work. It out. Exactly. Somehow, some way. <laughs> so you had a uh, 
You had a ride from a Suzuki team, correct? No, it was uh, <coughs> the Monster Energy CLS Kawasaki. It okay. was the yeah. Kawasaki team at the time. Um, and how did you gain their attention? We were, when I was a kid, I would do the Junior World Championships or in Europe because it was the cheapest way for my dad to take me and my brother. He also done one. Mm-hmm. Um, cheapest way to get us racing overseas, you know, get the name out there. And we done, because the guy, Australian like the MA, Motorcycling Australia, would pay for me, my flights and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was just dad. So basically it was a buy one, get one free sort of yeah. ticket. Um, so that's what we did. Just, yeah, just kept going there because it was, that was the cheapest way we could do it. And we just kept going over each year, put the resume in and made sure we were the best in our, in, in Australia. You know, we tried to always mm-hmm. be the best there and that we could get selected to go and represent Australia there and stuff. And, it's pretty cool because, yeah, they, they sort of, we got the name out and it was actually Ben Townley. Ben Townley called Gail and JJ Lucetti because they um, they were looking for someone, I think, and he mm-hmm. said, you have to give this kid a chance. And, uh, yeah, so if it wasn't for BT, I don't know if we would have gotten the opportunity, you know. So, yeah, we got the opportunity from them. They called us and, and we were sort of like, Dad, I remember they called Dad and they were like, yeah, we're the factory team, blah, blah, blah. And Dad's like, uh, oh, yeah, whatever, you know, like, <laughs> who are your riders then? Yeah. And then he's sort of like, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah you know, factory team, okay, okay. Well, who are your riders? And the guy's like, yeah, Jordy Tixier, Dylan Ferrandis, and Thomas Covington at the time it was. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, oh, shit, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, uh, he was like, so you're the... You're from you like yeah. We were sort of like a bit starstruck because we never thought that level would, you yeah. know, make the call to to our phone and stuff. So yeah, if it wasn't for Ben Townley, it wouldn't have. I don't know if it would have been been happening, you know. So it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's funny that you say that um, the moto scene in Australia is limited. Yeah, right? it is. But for 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 me, you know, being a U.S. guy, thinking of like, there's been so many big name Australian guys that have come here, you know? Yeah. You know, Reedy, Metcalf, back to Leesk. Sure. Craig sure. Anderson. Uh, it just seems like why why does the country where quote unquote motocross isn't that big, why do they produce so many premier guys? I don't know. I mean I just think you can honestly I think you find now there's there's top athletes coming from all countries across the world. It's just if you you want it you can if you want it you can you'll make it happen you know like yeah. i mean there's a lot of i think the australian sort of industry uh how i say it like motocross like they create good riders because the tracks there and the nationals like they rip them deep and they water them heaps so the tracks mm-hmm. are always technical and and rutty and tricky you know so i mean that could be one um gee i don't know could it be because all of those boys were racing internationally that mm-hmm. they kept up with the they kept like on par with the other international riders maybe um that's the only thing i can sort of put it to because the guys that have been big names have 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 generally raced outside of australia they've either raced in america or or europe you know so i think i don't know if they only raced in australia that they would be the name they are today you know because they would just be racing in their backyard um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It could be that, but then again, I'm I'm not sure. I've been wrong before, so I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> who's uh, who's who's your 
like do you have a is your favorite rider or slash idol is it an australian rider or is it a u.s guy or no it was it was villa Poto. i mean it's um growing up as a kid it was villa i love terry road from like when he when he first came out of juniors i remember watching videos of him at ponka city when he was 615 you know and yeah the last year of juniors i'm pretty sure and then he went to to mitch yeah for pro and stuff and yeah that was i'm he was like the guy growing up on 250s and stuff like he wasn't the most dominant but i just loved how he rode and you could just see that aggression and want Mm. you could see how he was riding that like he wanted it you know and it was just like there was i remember the year that him and townley were battling for the title i think that was one of the best years of racing in the 250s yeah I, I think, like, it went down to the last round. It was, if he won the first moto, Townley would get the second moto, and then vice yeah, versa. And yeah. it, like, it was so, so cool. And I remember watching videos of him, like, jumping over, out of a rut, like, over some dude's front wheel and stuff. Like, <laughs> it was just crazy, and it was sick, you know, at, at Millville, when they were jumping on that thing before, where, like, Reedy had that, yeah. that crash. Yeah. Like, they jump up side by side on that little side thing, like... Just that. That's probably my favorite year of watching racing. Would that be yeah. that year? You know, the thing I miss about watching RV race is how he just used the entire track, the yeah. outsides and everything. And yeah. It was funny because I was, I was texting with him the other day. I was, you know, going through my phone deleting yeah. pictures. But, dude, the, it's funny the way that his GP season ended up. And obviously sure. it, was, it was bike setup and maybe he's burned out. Yeah. But watching him train for the gps in the u.s before he left there was one day at Glen holland when i was watching him and he was like working every outside line and it looked like he was too fast for the track, for the track. it looked like the track couldn't hold him in you know yeah, what i mean yeah and i told him i go dude you were like the fastest ride i've ever seen that day and he's like come on you know but but yeah it's it's different i mean you you see it um yeah I mean, it's there's guys over there that are stupidly fast and stuff, but it just sometimes it doesn't sort of translate the whole American style track yeah. to the Europe style thing. You know, I mean, from just what I've seen, I haven't experienced an American motocross track Not yet by yeah. the nationals, so I can't I can't really say exactly. But from what I've seen, it looks like the bumps are a lot softer, mm-hmm. the tracks are ripped a hell of a lot deeper, um, the dirt's a lot softer. And their hard pack is just not the same as our hard pack. Like, their hard pack is you run a soft tire, but if you really wanted to, you could run a paddle tire. Where over there, it's like, hard you know, it's hard pack. Like, because there's concrete, on. you know, and the bumps are so sharp and square-edged. And it's just different. Like, the sand over there, you can't explain it because it's something that, no unless bottom. you ride it, you even, no, even not, not no bottom, but there's tracks that they have a bottom and stuff, but the sand is just different. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, it's, oh, I, I'm not even going to bother trying to explain it. <laughs> like, unless you ride it, you will not be able to understand it. And that's just how it is, you know? Like, when we come over and ride it, it was just like, oh, like, it clicks, you know? Yeah. You just know, like, fuck, oh, that's just so different, and it takes time. I mean, but, yeah. It, it was cool to see Velo go over there. I was... Yeah, bummed out, but I mean, from my experience in the GPs, I can know, I, I can understand, and I don't blame the guy. I mean, yeah, what he was dealing with and stuff. I mean, hey, unless you know, you you can't say much on it. Yeah, dude, the gnarliest thing at, at the GP in Thailand was like, you know, it was 
super hot and humid, yeah. right? <laughs> so all the riders were like pitted in this one room, mm. that air conditioned room, right? And so yeah. like everyone had like a little lawn chair and set sure. up, and the whole place smelled like fucking socks, right? Because oh, it's so bad. Yeah. <clears throat> but outside, there was one of those tubs of ice water. Yeah. And like everyone was taking turns getting in it, like, like. It would be RV, and then he'd get out, and then Rattray would get in, and then, he, oh. and then Tixier would get in. It was Jump just in. so gross, right? Yeah, all just a sweat fest. But um, but hey, so you saying uh, RV was your hero growing up? It's got to be pretty cool now that you guys are represented by the same agent, Lu- Lucas. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I never so, thought. So I mean, you gotta, like, you probably yeah. interact with him quite often. Yeah, we talk right? and stuff, and it's cool. I mean, it, it's it's pretty surreal, and now you just. Now that you get to know him, you're just like, oh, you're just you're just an idiot, like like a normal guy, you know. So yeah. it's it's cool, but yeah, I mean, for sure, it's I never thought. I remember as a kid, you know, you stalk him up on Facebook, like, oh, maybe you find like just you know, yeah. kid stuff, stupid stuff, and you're like, oh man, I'd never, I'd never like imagine if I got to talk to him or something. Mm-hmm. Or like then you see films of him and, and his dad, you're like, oh, it'd be sick to know his dad as well, because then you'd meet him and yeah. and stuff. And I mean, that was. Yeah, pretty tragic this 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 year. I mean, I got to know him and his father, you know, yeah. and and uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. Like the day before, you know, and yeah, we were at the track and stuff, and you know, I was like talking to him and stuff, just like like a mate, and and you know, and and then yeah, it's unbelievable, like crazy yeah. condolences to the family, but but yeah, it was it's it's amazing to sort of meeting my childhood hero and stuff and now like we give each other crap and, and yeah, yeah Lucas, dude he's the he's like know, the world champion he, shit talker between me and him we like we're making Lucas lose hair by the minute you know <laughs> like we're always winding him up and so nah it's cool it's really cool yeah well, the last time I was doing a photo shoot with Ryan Lucas is texting me hey hey man does he have that sticker on his helmet and this yeah. and that just it was, it's yeah, funny. He, we bust his <clears throat> balls. <laughs> no doubt. We bust his balls. Nah, he's a good dude, Lucas, as well. Yeah. So, um, getting back to the whole, uh, you know, the family sold everything to chase the dream. I mean, I know, uh, like, you're, what, you're 19, right? Yeah. All right, so, like, being around you, my impression is that you're really mature for 19. Yeah, I am. I um, am. Is it because you carry some weight? on your shoulders like do you feel like there's pressure to succeed because of your family sacrificing everything no nah, not really i think i'm pretty mature because i like older women <laughs> but no nah. yeah how old is your, is your um, chick yeah she's older than me like a yeah. couple years but no it's i mean i don't know um i would agree and say yeah i'm quite mature for my age and stuff like don't get me wrong i can still be an idiot like i'm 16 but i mean it i don't think it's because of the weight and stuff like I don't feel a weight like because we got there and it was our life so that's your yeah. life you know yeah. and then we moved to here and then here's our life now you know and stuff and and everyone in the family's just as equally invested emotionally and stuff in yeah. in this sport you know mum she, she's a moto mum you know like some days it's like geez mum just <laughs> cool it down you know I don't want to talk about riding tonight and stuff you know so it's which is cool you know I know there's a lot of mums out there that don't support it 100% I mean, she's a little bit iffy on the Supercross stuff. She doesn't. She's not a fan of that because yeah. it's, it's gnarly. And but she's awesome. She's yeah, follows us around around the globe. And same with Tate. I have a middle brother, mm-hmm. um, a special needs. Um, so he's he doesn't ride. 
Mm-hmm. He he just follows us around and and he's always happy and stuff. So I mean, he's awesome. You know, we're lucky with him. Um, a lot of special needs kids can can be either really recluse mm-hmm. and you flat out getting a word out of them, or they can be opposite and be like just uh, wide like open, yeah, firing like pistons or firing. You know, mm-hmm. so um, and and that's Tate. You know, so he's we're lucky with him. He's always in a good mood. He's pretty cruisy. You can bribe him with food so if there's something he's not happy about you can always say hey mate look you know we'll do this later and then ah oh, yeah sweet you know like so it's yeah and that makes it easier making it up to him making him happy and like making up for what he has to sacrifice definitely helps out yeah um but yeah i mean it's yeah the whole the whole family's into it and stuff so i mean it's the, the best thing i think so there's you you're 19 how old is tate he's <clears throat> gee what is he He's 16. 16. Wait. Yeah, and he's 17 next year. That's and, crazy. That's scary. And Jet's 15? He's 15, yeah. He turned 15. 15 this year. So how is the brother-brother relationship with Jet? Like, It's funny because <laughs> uh, the mountain bike ride we did at Greer, you were just capping on him the whole time. Yeah, because he's getting to that age now where he's mouthy and he's, you know, he's becoming a little older and stuff so that's just normal i mean he's he's my brother and stuff in my blood and i love him but i hate him a lot as well and <laughs> i mean it's it's normal you know you ask any brother and brothers like they always fight that's just how it is i mean yeah. it's it's my job you know it's i think yeah not toughen him up but you know like yeah. they, the, the third child they always get a little bit of li- li- uh looser leash yeah definitely than, than the firstborn you know <coughs> so i'm always giving him a little roughing up to <laughs> to uh yeah appreciate it but but nah i mean it's it's, it's funny because it's like you know you guys are what uh four years apart yeah so yep. like i've never had that brother dynamic like that because mm. I, was, I was a straight up accident like i'm <laughs> i'm 14 years younger than then my brother, brother ross uh-huh and like 16 years younger than my oldest brother yeah okay so that was i was like, like my dad i grew up with like three fathers you know sure, they, they sure. all took care of me so yeah I've always had that, like, you know, admiration for my older brothers and everything. Yeah. So I never had the quarreling thing. Sure. You know? Yeah, my dad was the same. He had an older sister who was, gee, what, 10 or something years older than him, and his brother was 12, so he was the yeah. same. But, yeah, Dad had having it a lot closer. Like, there's days where I tell mum and dad, like, you guys are idiots for having more than one child or two kids, <laughs> like, just winding them up, you know. And But... Yeah, I mean, no, nah, we'll be fine. When we get older, it's just normal, you know. Like, yeah. we don't we don't have a problem with each other. It's just when we, you know, when you're with someone for 24-7, no matter yeah. how much you love them, I mean, it's only natural you get annoyed with them and want he, to tell them, like, piss off, you know. <laughs> yeah, he seems a bit cockier. Yeah, you know. probably. He's definitely a lot more mouthier and stuff. Oh, I mean, he's a kid. Like, if he, if he feels confident in his, like in his group or he's in his comfort uh, zone then yeah he'll chirp off and stuff which, yeah it's normal and, you know what I've, I've enjoyed is uh watching the interaction on instagram with him and joe shimoda yeah yeah because yeah, he's brought joe out of his shell yeah that, that, that's what time. i would say because joe yeah dude that kid is awesome you know i'm, I'm yeah. interested in him because he's like the first japanese kid that's sure. got a potential to sure. do something exactly. at the highest levels but so like i talked to him when i first met him I met him through his mechanic, uh-huh. Cameron. Yeah. And, dude, my the most irritating thing for me is when someone shakes your hand like a dead fish, you know, like all limp. <laughs> yeah. And Japanese people typically do that because mm-hmm. they don't shake hands, they bow, right? Uh-huh. And so when I met Joe, he's riding 85, and I shook his hand and everything. I'm talking to Cameron. I go, hey, dude, 
you have to tell Joe he's gonna shake his hand like like a man, like squeeze back hard. Yeah, squeeze. It was funny because I've been telling Cameron things to tell Joe because they're Joe. close, right? Yeah, yeah. But like now that I'm better friends with Joe, I'm like, hey, dude, you you gotta show more emotion. You know, you gotta quit yeah, being yeah. such a little weenie. And, uh, <laughs> It's funny because I'll text him something and, and our joke now is okay, period, as a reply. Because I'll okay. like, oh, hey, Joe, um, you know, I, I'm making you a poster of the movie poster. And he just writes back, okay, period. <laughs> oh, bitch, show some excitement yeah, or something. Some free, uh, so now he'll just send me a bunch of exclamation points. But So he's super flat, right? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I've seen since Jet's been around him, he's when they're talking shit on up. each other on Instagram, I was cracking up. Like Jet calls yeah. him Chinese. Yeah, he's saying like, go back to China or whatever. Yeah. And then Joe's saying, yeah, go back to England. Or yeah. whatever. You know, like it's funny. <laughs> it's cool. The team said that, that, that uh, Joe's definitely out of his shell a lot more and stuff. Yeah. And it's cool. But Jet's the same. He's hopeless. Like you ask Lucas on, on when he tries to talk to Jet on, on like by message, he'll be like, hey man, how you feeling? Like how was riding today? And he'd be like, good. <laughs> and then Luke's yeah. like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, what are you up to tomorrow? And he's just, like, riding. And yeah. he's like, okay, cool. Cool conversation. Thanks, bro. Yeah. He's like, okay. <laughs> like, just a d- yeah. dick on text, you know? Dude, I, I was dying when I was looking at, I think, at Minio's. They had, like, that, yeah, the that, typewriter, the typewriter stickers. And, and it was stickers all, out. Oh. <laughs> my name's Joe and I like boys or something. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was just, I remember seeing photos. I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Are you there for racing or like smack yeah. talk? So with uh, Jet, he's on the AMSO Honda team. Yep, yep. Did Lucas package you guys up as a package deal or did like Geico want you and then you said, hey, I've got a quick brother too? And then, Well, I'm pretty sure they sort of half found out about Jet after they sort of mm-hmm. like investigated me, I guess. So sort of like, yeah, got sort of my name in the door, I guess. And then... As, yeah, we sort of got all sorted and done, you know, at the time it was going to be like, hey, yeah, Hunter will go over and sort of by himself. But then, yeah, you know, that's one thing that's great about Jeff Myshack and, and Ziggy um, and Dan, you know, like they're yeah. very, they're very, uh, I want to, not soft-hearted guys, but they're very family-orientated and, yeah. and, and that's awesome because you don't have a lot of team managers and team owners like mm-hmm. that, so... Mm-hmm. They said, like, hey, you know, like, we see the brothers pretty good as well. Like, we'd love to keep you together as a family. Yeah. Because they knew, you know, like, hey, he's a 19-year-old moving over by himself, you know, on, mm-hmm. on if he's going to be there by himself. You know, it's better to have a family or have a, a, a what's the word, like, a strong supporter yeah. behind them, you know. Um, so, at that time, it was, yeah, like, hey, let's let's keep the family together. And, and it was awesome. I mean, that's that's one thing which gave us so much comfort about signing with them is, is mm-hmm. Jeff and, and all the guys, you know, they're so, so awesome as a team. Like they're, it's like a massive family. So, I mean, it's, yeah. I think we have, I've, I think it's safe to say I've got the best team in the paddock. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as staff goes by, I mean, for sure it's, it's awesome. And Hey, the bike's freaking badass too. So no, it was awesome. I'm super blessed and fortunate, um, to, to have this opportunity. I mean, it's, a dream, that's for sure. So. Yeah. Well, hey, on that note, let's take a quick break to uh, hear from our sponsors, and uh, we'll be right back. Hey, what's up, guys? Malcolm Stewart. This off season, I've been training harder than ever getting ready for 2019, and I've been using Rhino Power supplements before, during, and after my training, and has made a big difference, especially the motivation pills. 
Use SWATMOTO as your discount code at checkout for 10% off your purchase plus free shipping on rhinopower.com. Ogeo has been around for three decades, but it was in 2001 that the brand forever changed the way we think about gear bags. With never seen before features like specific storage compartments for your boots, helmets, gear and more, the Ogeo 9800 is the most popular gear bag in motocross. Visit ogeopowersports.com. Hey guys, Hunter Lawrence here. Lately I've been spending a whole lot of time at the mountain bike trails in the local area on my intense primer and the thing's badass. For how good it is going up the hill, it's uh, amazing coming down the hill. It's uh, comfortable, nimble and it doesn't feel uh, like you're going to go over the bars every five seconds. Uh, all their bikes in their lineup are awesome. So yeah, you're ready to get serious about training on a cross-country bike or crushing lap times at your local trails or if you want to go a bit further longer and faster they they just brought out a new taser e-bike which is uh, yeah everyone's given the double thumbs up on so head down to your local intense dealer or, or purchase uh, directly at intensecycles.com check it out guys what's up this is christian craig as a motocross racer being in top physical shape is a must and my favorite way to train is cycling and whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Life podcast for additional discounts in the shop. So welcome back to the Swap Moto Life podcast presented by OGO. Here with Jet Lawrence. No, oh. I'm here with Hunter oh. Lawrence. We're talking about You're Jet. the ugly one, not oh. the good looking one. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, what were the the feelings and emotions and stuff coming to the U.S. for I the first stoked. time? I was stoked. I was pumped. I mean, we went to the last round of MXGP with, like, bags packed in the truck. <laughs> it just couldn't the wait team to truck. be done. I came down with bags. My dad had bags. My girlfriend came down with bags because we had extras. And, yeah, then we went from the last GP, which I'm going to claim could have been my first GP win, but we had a bike DNF. Oh. So I was bummed on that. But anyway, we uh, then we went to the airport Monday. Monday morning, straight mm-hmm. up. Bam to the airport, flew to Chicago, met the team there, got a hire car, pinned it to the track. No, so straight hotel. to destinations, right? No, yeah, but we went and did one day of testing at Martin MX, somewhere north mm-hmm. of, uh, uh, what's it called? Misha Walker? No, South Bend. South Bend, wherever that was. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. Dropped all the bags in the semi, which that was awesome because we were carrying around like eight bags or something in our hire car. So we had bags sitting on the console. We'd have to lift one bag up to change gear in the car, <laughs> like the back, dude. It was absolutely packed. Chuck them in the semi, and then, yeah, we came to Nations, and then I was there. So then I, after Nations, flew back to Orange County, to Cali. And then dad flew back to Europe to get the rest of the family. Mm-hmm. So he flew back to Belgium, was there for three days, packed the rest of the house up, got everything sorted there, and then flew back over to California with the rest of the family. Hmm. Did you guys have a, a, a home picked out before that, or did you just come here and yes, choose they, they Lucas was a massive help in that matter because we don't have credit, obviously, yeah. in the country. So that was a big thing. Um, then the houses were going so fast and we actually got lucky with the house we had. It was, wasn't on a real estate place, um, on a real estate site. Mm -hmm. It was a private 
uh, woman that you wanted to, to rent it and stuff. So yeah. we got lucky. And yeah, Lucas was zipping out to like North Corona every day, which he was hating. He'd hate going out to I'm that surprised. And... I, I'm surprised Lucas located you there and didn't want you in Laguna Beach. Yeah, no, no. Somewhere no, where we, you have to drive with your pinkies out. We, we dialed it in. We didn't have to go to the highway to get it to the workshop or nothing like that. It's dialed in. We're, we're avoiding the traffic as much as possible, which Lucas helped out with because obviously he lived there. He knew the whole deal and, yeah. and stuff. So that made life 10 times easier. And, uh, yeah, he'd go out to Corona and stuff and do this deal. And so we had it when we came over. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty sweet, actually. So is the place in Corona, Norco? Yeah, is it's it, like is on it the like, border of, like, Norco and Eastvale, pretty much. So by European standards, is the house pretty big? Yeah. Like, from compared yeah. to what you lived in Sure. Previous? Like, in Australia, the houses are pretty similar <coughs> to American style. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit... Uh, like, our house in Australia wasn't big, but it was definitely big considering to what we lived in. It was huge considering what we lived in in Europe mm-hmm. for the past three years. Yeah. But in Australia, it was quite small. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the one we're in now, it's sick. It's double story, so we got stairs. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. As a kid living in a little, like, yeah, little flat, you're like, oh, I wish I had upstairs, you know? So yeah. It's pretty cool. We got a pool, which is amazing. Never oh, had a pool, yeah. so in summer we're going to be reaping the benefits of that, I bet. Definitely. At the moment, it's just a, a shape and form of recovery, the ice bath. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. So, dude, it's, it's so cold so right now. Cold. So, yeah, but, um, no, it's sick. I love it. It's cool. It feels like home now, and it feels more like home here than it has in any of the houses we lived in in Europe. Mm-hmm. We rented in Europe, so that's that's pretty cool. Um. It's just real comforting and stuff, so I'm stoked on it. Right on. So uh, going from selling everything you own in Australia and bouncing around from different countries in in Europe, and then now being here and being in a house, and you know we're we're sitting in your your brand new Honda Ridgeline truck. Ridgeline gang. So is this did you is this part of your contract or did you buy it or did you lease it? No, we. The this is just another thing that I'm blown away with, and Mertzi keeps praising the American dream. It's a, <laughs> it's the best here and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, whatever, Mertz, you know. And and yeah, the guys at um, Freeway Honda, um, Derek down there, he loves the sport. He rides yeah. himself and stuff, and he he wanted to support someone. And yeah, I was just, I guess, you know, Johnny O'Mara knew knew him, and he mm-hmm. sort of threw my name in the door and. And I guess I was just at the right place at the right time, you know. Um, mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of guys that um, are based out here yeah. in California for the whole year like I, I'll be, you know. I mean, obviously, there's other guys that are. But, yeah, I mean, I was just, I think, freaking just in the right place in the right time. Bless. Yeah, it's, so this it's is a sponsored awesome. truck. Yeah. Freeway Honda. Freeway Honda. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, the dudes down there are awesome. If you need, If you need a truck. Yeah. They can they can hook you up for sure. The new Ridgeline, it's sick. It looks cool. The old one wasn't as good looking as, yeah. as maybe The best thing of... about the Ridgeline is the trunk under the bed. Exactly. you got a badass little sneaky trunk. So when you go get food after riding, you chuck your gear bag under there. You don't have to worry about putting your stuff in the back seat. And, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, it's like the thing looks trick too. It's got like it looks modern and... Mm-hmm. and yeah, it's awesome. It's good on fuel too, comparing it to like a Tundra or like your big GMCs and Chevys and stuff. So, I mean, hey, the thing's double thumbs up from me. I recommend it. Yeah. Well, just 
my my little uh, obligation to my truck sponsor. I have to say, hey, that that Toyota Escondido Action Sports Toyota Tundra parked right in front of us. It looks pretty <laughs> fucking sweet. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, the Ridgeline's just all blacked out. It's just don't worry about. Yeah, it. where's your logos? The big. Hunter Lawrence. See, we're not doing stickers that stuff on yet. We're not trying to blow my trumpet <coughs> yet. I'm just cruising low key, you know. <laughs> I'm just cruising around doing my thing. When this thing's just looking nasty and is, low riding, is, is Freeway it. the dealer that um, helped out Christian and Cole previously, or is that no? A different I think one? that's Metro. Yeah, that was Metro. Metro. It's a different one. Yeah. No, this thing's sick. Don't need no stickers. Looks badass as it is. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned Osho. Yeah. A little bit. And then when we were riding up the hill, you talked about him a little bit. Um, have you met him or do you know him at all? Not really. That's the weird thing. I mean, I haven't really sort of met the guy. And I mean, he sort of kind of hooked me up with the truck. So I feel a little bit obligated to like meet him soon yeah. and like take him out for dinner or something or shout him a carton of beer. I don't know. Like what's he do? <laughs> you know? Dude, Osho so, is, it's funny. Like for you, it's RV. For me, it was like Johnny O and David Bailey. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like David Bailey was like my idol. Like I tried to dress like him and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. make my bike look like his and everything. But Osho was very, uh, very cool also. And yeah, yeah. and there was a point where I tried to emulate Osho. I bought the same helmet and the <laughs> mouth guard and everything. But for me, you know, in my position as a journalist, I, I interact with all you know, like guys like you. Yeah, and, sure, sure. And, and but I never worked as a journalist with the generation of riders that I idolized, right? You idolized, yeah. So, like, like, right at the very start of my career, Ron Lachine was a privateer on a Kawasaki. Okay. And so I got to interact with him a little bit. But I never got to work with Osho as a professional, like, magazine guy. Yeah, okay. So still, when I see him now, I still get all pumped. Yeah, sure, like, I bet, I bet. Like, I mean, he hasn't raced for how many decades, but... It's still that guy. When I see him at the track... Too. Oh, hey, Johnny. But yeah, he's so sure. cool. and That's awesome. You know, I've ridden mountain bikes with him several times. And, like, the whole time I ride a mountain bike with him, I'm just like, oh, I'm riding with Riding Osho. with Osho. I can't Osho. Yeah, this, that's you know? awesome. Yeah, he's a machine on the bike, I've heard. But he's uh, he's he's super gnarly. And he's, you know, he's training Joey right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But speaking of that, do you have a trainer here or are you doing your no, own thing? No, just doing my own thing. Just sort of, yeah, running my own show, I guess. Yeah. So is it hard to... Like, some riders need a drainer to crack the whip and tell them exactly what to do. Yeah. They want a regiment. Um, do you feel like you're self-motivated? And, and yeah, I mean, it's no, it's not rocket science. I mean, I want to win, so I just go and work hard, you know? Whatever's getting tired on the bike, that's what I go and work on. I mean, mm-hmm. I do, I have set programs and stuff I do. I mean, Kenny's dad was helping me out when I was in Europe and stuff, so yeah. I just... Yeah, I just use those programs. Obviously, Supercross, the training and everything's a bit different. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, yeah, I just mix it up and I just constantly doing different things just to to keep your body sort of never getting used to it, you know, yeah. in a rut. So, I mean, yeah, I just mix it up and just work hard. I mean, it's, it's like how it is and I don't know. What, I mean, what's your typical week like? Yeah, I mean, I'll do... Net, well, now it's, yeah, you ride Monday, Tuesday, and then Wednesday is sort of your day off of riding, so you'll go and go to the gym or, or a cycle or swimming and stuff, and then Thursday, Friday, riding, you know, and then Saturday we'll go for a mad session at Greer, 
in the morning, <laughs> good two two hours, two hundred hours, and then Sunday's just a chill day, clean the house a bit, and yeah, whatever it may be. I don't know. I don't do so much. I'm pretty boring, but um, yeah, and then back into it, I guess. Yeah. So one of the one of the ways you train is on a mountain bike. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. We just we just climb skyline together. It's pretty cool. Like I mean, you've come to America and and all these things kind of come together for you. Like the, yeah, the sponsorship with intense bikes. Sure. Yeah, exactly. So you have a, a oh, sick it's mountain sick. bike. I right? mean, in Australia, me and my best mate Josh, we'd we'd freaking go. We got in trouble for building mountain bike trails out the back of our school. You know, like we had school ovals. Um, we'd play football and stuff like football fields, and then we had forestry back and on that with some hills. So we'd go. In the mornings before school, we'd get there at like six o'clock or something, and school mm-hmm. started at seven forty-five. Yeah, or like we were getting there stupid early, like because we didn't drive, so our mums yeah. were getting sick and tired of waking up so early to take us to school. And so then we had to start riding to school with shovels on our backpacks, on our bags, <laughs> and like rakes and stuff. And we'd go shovel trails, and then we'd like in lunch times we'd go and shovel trails in there, and like. They obviously found out and they shut it down, but like then we moved to forestry and then he got his peas and stuff, so it was like, yeah, you beauty, we can go whenever we want. And uh-huh. yeah, we'd shovel up trails and ride, and we, we loved the whole mountain bike scene and stuff. And, and you know, back then we were saving every penny and, and going to work with our dads. And like my dad was a solid plasterer, a renderer, mm-hmm. and so he'd put like a sandy mud on outside of bricks for those huh. of you that don't know. and that was freaking hard. Like, I was destroyed after a day of that. And I'd do that and save up, and we'd be buying secondhand bikes and stuff and just mm-hmm. to go and do it. So now to have, yeah, the the intense sponsorship, it's like, it's the, the amount of great, how grateful I am of it. It's unbelievable. I mean, the bikes are, I never would have even looked twice at them. They're a freaking, like, gnarly bike price-wise. And, yeah. And at yeah top of the line bike like we were like dude no 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 where's the second hand bike like cash converters you know like looking all that on facebook things and so yeah it's it's unreal yeah that i think that the whole intense thing's pretty cool because they've traditionally been involved with motocross i mean yeah. way back with jeff emig back in the day they yeah. sponsored him you know yeah that's sick that's but, cool uh, that they have history and stuff with with the sport and like we see the guys out at greer and stuff and it's always cool yeah. to see the the guys working there out there and it's like hey how are you and you have a little catch up so yeah definitely so i was really impressed with your downhill speed today i couldn't believe how <laughs> fast you went down some of the hills so like that comes from riding a bike as a kid and yeah me and my mate you know <clears throat> we didn't do uphills we just went down and we built jumps and we just went down and we went into that uphill stuff we were yeah. in the flats and you know the bros like to take their feet off a little in the air, and yeah. we loved it. It was it was cool, and I mean, yeah. So that big jump you were doing today, where you're grabbing your seat, what was that trick called? T-bog, like a toboggan. Toboggan. Which that sort of, I mean, I'm right. a little rusty on everything because we we would do like a mix between park and and mountain bike. So we rode yeah. BMX in the park and and stuff like that. But obviously, I'm not at the level where I'm doing all the tricks on my mountain bike that i was yeah. doing in the park on the little bike you know 
So last night you asked if I could bring you flat pedals for your bike. Yeah. Right? So if you had been on flats off that jump today, would you have taken your feet off and put the bike in front of you? No, not like that. Maybe just like a nice little, like a table one footer, like a little yeah. Euro one footer. Nothing, nothing crazy, just a little a little sauce or something. Now, I was thinking a bit of a cool photo if we got you uh, whipping it with your left foot hanging down. Yeah. It would match the photo that's going to be on it the cover. It would be pretty cool. It would be pretty cool. <laughs> I don't get it like that, that extent, but like yeah. a little something, you know. <laughs> yeah, but but like still same kind of trick. Yeah, sure, sure. So okay, so speaking of that, we're waiting any day now. The uh, any day now, the February issue of Transfer Motocross is going to come out, and you're yeah. our, you're our cover boy, page I'm one. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. So you like, guys are just treating me too good. Getting all this like stuff thrown at me, like someone's got to bring me back down to the ground <laughs> soon. I'm going to have to like get smacked around or something you know yeah yeah i'm stoked on that i can't wait to see how it turns out and yeah hope everyone enjoys it and loves it i mean we were chilling out at practice track on a yeah. late evening cool evening what, it was what was it was it thanksgiving it was thanksgiving yeah we just get the work done go home to a nice turkey that was just it <laughs> we we're out there getting some turkey on thanksgiving yeah so let, let me ask you this as a 19 year old guy who's grown up in the generation of social media and yeah. internet and everything like does magazine cover even really mean that much hell yeah it does because like, yeah it's funny I mean, because it's, i i can understand and stuff but i would much rather a, a magazine cover that's going to sit in a shop than just like a an online digital magazine you know because mm -hmm. like an online digital magazine doesn't have as much effect and it's not as great because you see photos on time on yeah on things so it's just like a website yeah you know what you get that that hard print on the magazine like that's that's it's so forever sick. exactly it's forever and like as a kid you're always looking past like in australia it was dirt bike rider magazine australian dirt bike yeah um gee there's some more i'm pretty sure and you'd just be like oh that's sick you know you walk past with your friends like oh yeah i might be in this one as a kid you know yeah. they've done yeah, some yeah. some stuff as juniors and i'm like oh maybe i'm in this one and it's mm -hmm. like yeah it's it's cool it brings back memories of when you're a kid and i mean yeah, all the greats have been on a cover shot. I mean, yeah. It's, it's... it's funny because, uh, you know, so I've been in the magazine industry for, shit, like 30 years almost. So, so like... A lot longer than things are, been alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, things have changed quite a bit, right? Yeah. And, like, there's companies like advertisers. Advertising is what supports the life of the magazine, sure. right? So, like, there's advertisers that are like, hey, well, we're, we're pulling out of print and we're going... We're going to advertise only on websites now, right? Uh -huh. Which we have a website. We have a very sure. good website. And that's fine and dandy, right? But, like, it's me being an old guy or something. But, like, I'm like, man, here's the deal. It's like when I say take take my motocross out of the picture, right? Sure. Like, I love cycling. Yeah. So before I get on a plane, I'll go to the bookstore and buy a couple magazines. Yeah. I always buy a bicycle magazine, right? Sure. And sometimes well, when I get on the plane, I'm reading it. I read every single page of that magazine. I even look at the ads. Mm. I read the product reports on products I'd never buy in a million years because sure. it's something gay. But Just to but, learn about but it. But I love cycling, so I want to read about everything, sure. right? Yeah, the yeah. ads, the advertisements are part of the experience for me. Sure. Right? But say I go online and I go, oh, I, don't, I want to know if I should buy this tire or this tire. Yeah. And so I like, Compare. you know, Google. Google's so awesome now. You type yeah. type in, you know specialized you know ground control versus yeah, maxis minion, minion you know? and 
some review will pop up on a website, right? Yeah, and you can compare. So then you want to go see it, and you want to read that info, but then a freaking ad pops up. Yeah. And I don't know why, but online, the ad delays my experience. And so, I, so I you get just pissed, and click, I click it out. Yeah, yeah, sure, right? sure. So that's, no, that's why I think, man, magazines matter, you sure. know? Oh, and 100%. Like, I think going digital online magazines, I think... I know I've seen a lot that have tried, and they, in my mind, they fail. Yeah. Because, I mean, no one wants to read a magazine on their phone. Yeah. They want to look at Instagram. They want to look at yeah. Facebook. They want to Twitter or whatever that thing is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they just want to look at stuff to see what's going on in the world, and then that's it. You know, text or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, that's... And then a magazine is something you read. Yeah. A magazine is something like, hey, I'm not looking at my phone. I don't want to see what other people are doing. I mm-hmm. want to read about it. I want to yeah. look at what's going on, like products, blah, 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 whatever it may be. I think that's way cooler. Like yeah. you can't read. So see, that's cool for me to hear you say that. Cause yeah, like, no, I like agree if I you. said, Hey Hunter, dude, Wednesday, we're going to have Wednesday wallpapers, Hunter Lawrence edition. And there'll be like five different wallpapers. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, cool. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, but sure. then when I said, Hey, you want to be on the cover of the magazine? You're yeah, like, sure. Oh, you're like, it's crazy. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm, yeah, I'm against the whole... Well, not against, but I prefer magazines. Yeah. I definitely prefer so magazines. I, you haven't seen it yet. That, oh, that's is. sick. Yeah, that's so sick. Did you like the version I made you Yeah, on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Color awesome. Gear. That's better than me just smashing a banana down. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, that's cute. You guys are going to love it, hopefully. Yeah, I think it'll be good. So, uh, uh, smashing a banana down. Yeah, maybe like, that can be next month. Were you like, were you like, what's wrong with this guy? Like the first day I see you at the track, I took a picture of you eating a banana. No, I'm a pretty crazy guy. Like I, I love talking <coughs> smack with the boys and like just, you know, that's kind of like if you're an Aussie, you'll understand. Every Aussie loves talking crap and hanging, hanging crap on their mates and and whoever you know. So I mean, I'm a pretty crazy guy and stuff like that. That doesn't. Yeah. I don't mind at all. It's all so, fun. Okay, so uh, we had joked about having a co-host for this podcast. My boy, Scrub Daddy. Yeah, so. Yeah. All right, so Scrub Daddy met you before I did. Yes, because I saw you on his Instagram, yeah, right? Yeah. Were you aware of him beforehand? Okay, so yeah, if because... you're not from California and you're not on Instagram, there's this guy, Brian Smith, Scrub Daddy, a.k.a. Big Gazoid. He's Zoid this, photos. He, yeah, and Zoid photos. He's this, he's this guy that hangs out at the tracks, and he's at Paris or Milestone like every day that they're open. And he's he's a crack up. He loves dirt bikes. The real deal. And, uh, yeah, he he twitches around on the dirt bike like so much when he rides it. He's the best. He's, he's the best thing, man. So so were you aware of him before you met him, or were yeah. you just yeah, like, yeah, who yeah. is this guy? No, no, I knew very well who this guy was. Because I seen him doing a video with Josh Han- uh, Hill. Josh mm. Hill. He done that Scrub, scrub training Daddy training. training with and Josh And I seen it on the Instagram. I'm like, <clears> man, what's this dude on about? Like, who's this? You know, and I'm, I'm looking... Dude, I was cracking up the whole thing, like, and he's just out there, like, just funny, you know, like, I do a lot of playing on Instagram, but, you know, when we out here, it's about that, about, the it's about that money, you know, like, just, oh, just funny as, and I was laughing, and then when I got to meet the dude, oh, I was so stoked, like, yeah. just a, just a dude that loves and lives for the sport, Definitely, you know, guys like that, they make our industry great, and, I mean, the more people like that, it's, it's awesome, you know, cause, yeah. I'll be the, I'm not sure I'm not the first to say it, but like there's a lot of haters out in the sport, you know, people mm-hmm. that just want to pull you down. They want to, 
I, I don't know. They just they want to be a hater or whatever. You know, you're not good enough, or they'll they'll turn and, and stuff. So, and I mean, he's he's one guy that's just always positive. Yeah. You know, can be windy, Definitely. thirty miles per hour wind at milestone. Tracks bone dry. You're getting blown from one rhythm lane to the other, and yeah. he's just like, dude, they're so sick for whipping. Or like, he's just <laughs> like, yeah, this is sick, you know. And it's just like, yeah, you know what, like. When you're a kid, you just want to go riding, and now you're getting you're getting paid to do it. It's yeah. your job. You're like, hey, hold on, you know, like, just just realize where you are, and and it, it's cool, you know. Seeing the the weekend warriors, yeah. For me, that always grounds me because like some guys are looking, oh, they'll have a laugh, you know, like look at these guys, these squids going riding. But yeah. for me, oh, you know, I'm all down to have a chuckle. Like, yeah, you see a a guy with a, a pro number like uh, uh, there's Bubba or like Carmichael going riding or whatever yeah. you know but at the same time it's like hey those dudes are probably working five days a week doing their, their just tradesman can't wait to job get to the track. and they just can't wait for the weekend because they're waking up early going for a ride and then they'll probably go for lunch at who knows some takeaway like yeah. some, some in and out or, or whatever you know and it's like hey that's that's like sick you know that's awesome yeah. Because that's just freaking what they love to do. And when you grow up doing that, I mean, I know from how my dad was, you know, like we'd go, they'd go for an enduro ride in the morning and then they'd go to a bakery and they'd get an Aussie meat pie <laughs> and an icebreaker, like an iced coffee, you know, or yeah. something like that. And, and it was it was awesome. That just talking smack with your mates. And yeah. and that's sick, you know. I mean, at, at the same time, I understand the whole professional versus the the people learning how to ride on the same track oh, I yeah. understand that I understand yeah. that um, at the moment with Supercross I think it's better because not every Joe blows on the Supercross track yeah. so you're a bit luckier with that um, but I understand the motocross side of things I understand the awareness you need to have and mm-hmm. and of that but at the same time I mean it's those guys are the ones that f- they're, they're making Support, our, yeah, they're, they're making our industry without them we yeah. don't have you know, old mate just snapped his front fender because his bro told him, like, yeah, just seat bounce that jump. You'll make it. And he just goes over the bars, you know, like, <laughs> and he's got to go buy a $40, $50 new front fender. Like, yeah. all, all those guys, like, they make the industry. Definitely. So, so. you know what's funny about the Scrub Daddy is, <clears throat> before I was friends with him, he's been around for a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I got to I got to ask him about this, actually, but... His friend, because I don't think it was him, but he had another friend that would make these videos, and they call them Crazy Money Productions, <laughs> right? And so there used to be this track, Star West, in, yeah, yeah. in Moreno Valley, and they had a supercross track for pros. Uh-huh. And so I, I first saw Scrub Daddy riding out there the first time. He had, I don't know if he bought one of the bikes or something, but he had a perfect J-Law replica bike, uh-huh. a black Arma Yamaha with 338 on it, yeah, right? Yeah. And he's out there twitching around and doing everything. And I'd be like, man, get out of my way. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, so there's these videos, Crazy Money Productions. And, yeah, yeah. And they always had Scrub Daddy in it talking, uh-huh. right? And this one time, Barsha was in one of the Crazy Money Productions videos. Yeah, yeah. And it was like on, it was on Scrub Daddy's face. And he's all, oh, man. <laughs> wait for it boy bam and then like showed Barsha scrubbing and like I was laughing so hard because I thought he was funny right yeah, yeah. and so I actually took that video off YouTube and I put it on the Transworld website yeah yeah and 
this, the funniest thing is Michael Rocco was the Geico team manager. Yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And he saw it, and he thought that I made that video. Oh, uh, yeah. And he thought that like I was making this video with this funny black guy saying, <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> and he was like, God, that's super unprofessional, right? No, and he I was love like, it. he was salty at me. And, oh, no. and it's funny because Tomac told me that The Rock said, hey, you know that Don Mayetta guy? You, you don't have to do anything with him if he asked you to. Because <laughs> he thought that I was the one that <laughs> yeah, made that Yeah, like video. hanging crap on it? Nah, he's awesome. Scrub's awesome. Yeah. That's his real name. Scrub Daddy. Mr. Yeah, Scrub. Scrub Daddy. You know what's funny is he has that one Cowie. Mm. And the, the number the plate says Quinn on it. So I thought his name was Brian Quinn. So I started calling him Reverend Quinn because, you know, he posts all the, the <laughs> Bible stuff yeah, on his Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And then finally one day I asked him his name and he says, Brian Smith. I'm like, is Quinn your middle name? He goes, oh, no, that was on it when I bought the bike. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he's a legend. But, uh, so what else, uh, since you moved to SoCal, like yeah, you've obviously become friends with the scrub. Yeah, yeah. Have there been any other people that you've met that have been kind of cool to hang out with? Um, I mean. Like you're gelling with your team pretty well? yeah. I mean, everyone at the team, I'm just thinking, you know, everyone at the team's pretty good. You know, the riders and stuff on the team, I've met everyone, all the riders, and, and everyone there's cool. Um, gee, I'm just trying to think if there's anyone else. I mean... How how are your teammates? Yeah, I, I, I'll spit out the names. Like Christian Craig. Yeah, he's cool. Know? He's a... Uh, yeah, bummer what happened, I mean, with the mm. thumb and stuff. That sucks. Um, but no, yeah, he's cool. I mean, there's not much to say, really. I mean, everyone's sort of... We're all going for the same thing. I mean, we all, yeah, I got respect for all them and stuff. And, yeah. And, yeah, hopefully they got respect for me as well. And, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, they're all good guys. I mean, none of them are bad dudes or anything. Yeah. So, as far as so, as far as that goes, I get along with them all good. You know, yeah. RJ's cool. He's cruisy and stuff. Um, Chase is got, pretty RJ cool. just got married, huh? Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, he's another one of Lucas's uh, clients. Ah, okay. Um, then the Martins. Yeah, exactly. You know, Martins, Germa, he's cool, you know. Um, yeah, he does his own thing. He, I respect that. He's he's uh, gets in, does his work, and he's out, you know. I mean, i got time for that. So as far as, yeah, the whole team, I mean, gee, there's, we've got a pretty good team, I think. I mean, I know mm -hmm. there's some weird dudes. I mean, I've come across a lot weirder dudes in Europe. So, I mean, as far as they're all concerned, <laughs> they're all awesome. So Yeah. How... So, yeah. How uh, how are the guys the, the, like the quote unquote superstars in Europe? Like, is Hurlings like unapproachable in Europe? Like because he's so uh, dominant? I don't know. I mean, I don't really know <coughs> him or don't anything. Him, yeah. So I mean, I yeah, you hear you have you know paddock rumors and you hear say and mm -hmm. and all that. But yeah, I mean, I don't know the guy, so I can't really say much yeah. to be honest. Did you hang out with uh, Covington much in the GPS? No, like we said, g'day and stuff. I mean, you, you get your guys that you know, and I mean, over there, you know, both, Eng like we speak English, so, you know, we say yeah. g'day and have a, a brief chat and stuff, and yeah, mm -hmm. he was cool and nice dude and stuff, but yeah, we never really hang out much and uh, at, at all, really, sort yeah. of thing. Um, so your homie in Europe was Seaward, right? Yeah, yeah, me and Jeremy, we were lucky as far as competition-wise mm -hmm. things. When I came on to Suzuki, he was going for the title, and yeah. I was just a rookie stepping up, coming off an injury, so... Um, we sort of clicked. It was his last year in MX2, mm -hmm. so there was never that clashing. If we were going head to head, then maybe it might have been different. But, but yeah, he's awesome. I mean, we we clicked really well, and and we're still best mates this day. You know, like we done stuff together over Christmas this mm -hmm. year, uh, last year. 
um, and and like went skiing and stuff with some buddies of his. That are now my mates as well, and went skiing in the Swiss mountains. And yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to have a friend like that. I think he's a mate that I've got like for life now and yeah. stuff. So it's pretty cool to to add add good people around in your circle, like in your like worldwide family. You know, so yeah. like you got friends everywhere around the world. Does he have any uh, aspirations to come in a race in the U.S.? I'm not sure, actually. I mean, he we, we never really spoke about it much. I mean, I think he would. If he got mm-hmm. the opportunity, it was a good opportunity. I think he would because, um, yeah, I don't know if he'd go to 250 or, or something like that. I mean, he's mm-hmm. it's no no joke, uh, no secret. He is not the tallest guy, so, I mean, he could easily race 250 mm-hmm. again. Um but yeah, he's on the factory Yamaha team this year and stuff, the Rinaldi team. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he does. I mean, I'm supporting him, and yeah, it'll be cool to see how he goes. And best of luck to him. Have, yeah. have you had the conversation with him, bro? You got to come to the U.S. because you can get a burrito at 11 at night, and people just give you free bicycles and cars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna. I'll have that conversation with him one day. I'm just living it up now at the moment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's uh yeah. He if he got the opportunity to come over, I think he would. I mean, he's he's a smart bloke and and uh yeah, good future ahead of him. Yeah. I reckon so. Hard worker. Um in his results wise, I mean, he's only ever gone up, you know. So mm-hmm. no, he's good dude. Cool, cool. Hey, so the Supercross learning curve. How has it been going for you? Yeah, it's all right. You know, you have your days where you where you're struggling and whatnot, you know, which is normal, you know, you have your days where you, you're four in, three back in the whoops, and, and uh, yeah, but no, I'm enjoying it, I mean, I had a couple of crashes and stuff, but that's just normal, anyone does, you know, yeah. so, I'm not going to sit here and say, yeah, I'm, I'm killing it, and you're going to see me on the top step at round one, you know, I uh-huh. mean, I'm just here to learn, and, and just get experience, so I'm just doing, doing everything I can to be uh, ready, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, go, give him hell i guess that's all i can do is just try my best and and do do everything i can and at the end of the day the results will be what they are so. yeah is the uh strategy for 2019 learn and supercross make it through the series uh, healthy and then whoop some yeah, ass outdoors we're, we're sort of going in with no expectations you know just going in with no expectations and like i said the results will be what they are you know if we're mm-hmm. If it's a matter of fact of, hey, we are sucking in left-hand turns or cutting down, then we'll go work on that, you know? Like, yeah. we'll just work on our weaknesses and try and make them our strengths. And, yeah, obviously, coming out to outdoors, we'd love to whoop some butt. I mean, mm-hmm. that's everyone's goal. But at the same time, there's a whole different ball game. you know? We've only got two weeks from when the East Coast Series finishes yeah to swap your training over click your training over yeah um get everything dialed in and be ready for outdoor races you know it's a, again a different schedule 215s and then 230s so mm-hmm. it's not as dragged out as the gps are so yeah there's a whole whole new learning curve and i'm excited for it yeah so uh we haven't touched on the fact that you've emerged from the motocross of nations with the overall mx2 win yeah so i mean you're obviously badass outdoors i mean you've beat the best in the world yeah yeah it was it was cool i actually got second this year Mm -hmm. i won the year before um when when i was born came over and stuff so that was pretty that was pretty cool and yeah and this year i just missed out on it um with the the crappy first motor we had we had to pull into the pits and um so that was a bit of a bummer but yeah we we got 
second in, overall in the in mm-hmm. the last motor with the in the MX3 versus MX2. So that was pretty cool. And um, yeah, I mean, I like outdoors; it's fun. But this Supercross thing's pretty badass as well. I mean, I've never been to a Supercross, um, so I'm, A1 will be the first oh, really? one I go to watch. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And yeah, but the outdoors I'm looking forward to as well. Just just because it's it's sort of my I've been doing it for a lot longer and yeah. stuff, but but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just taking it one one week, one day at a time. So just trying to get through Supercross fit and healthy. Yeah. What's the toughest thing about Supercross? Is it is it the whoops? What is it? Um. Yeah, yeah. I guess you could say the whoops. I yeah. mean, for someone that's never really <coughs> rode Supercross, I think you could say the whoops. Mm-hmm. Um, the breathing thing. I think yeah. the 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 way how you breathe and stuff, your Probably breathing easy pattern, to, easy to uh, hold your breath. Yeah, huh? sure. You know, like it's definitely not as forgiving as outdoors. Um, but I mean, it's just it's not like there's one thing that's like super hard because I mean, in another two months or something, when when you've got everything dialed in, you're like, oh well, it's not that it was like stupidly hard. It's just everything takes time, you know. Like you see someone like. Christian Craig go across the whoops and you're like oh yeah he's not phased at all like they're barely there yeah. and then you'll see another guy go across and you're like dude there's no way those whoops are possible to get through <laughs> you know like you're, you're like oh dude you're watching him ride the track and you're like man there's no way I'm like no way I'm riding that that looks impossible but you know so it's just everyone has their own progression right yeah um yeah I mean I, I think it's pretty crazy how stiff your suspension is yeah. For supercross, like <clears throat> you know, obviously I'm I'm not a supercross rider, but yeah. one time, uh, <clears throat> one time, I got a set of forks back from someone who was modifying them, and they gave me Kyle Chisholm's forks on accident for supercross, and I put them on my bike, and I was like, these something's wrong, they don't yeah, move, they don't move right? No, it's but true. it's like a bike set up like that on a supercross track, it that's works. how it has to be. Right? Yeah, and it does because the jumps are so steep and stuff and the whoops, you need that stiff suspension and, and I like it. My outdoor stuff is pretty stiff. Mm-hmm. Like the team was pretty blown away when we done that one day of testing and, and the Saturday at the Nations at how stiff my stuff was. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were like, oh, gee, you're going to like Supercross suspension then. And, and I like it. I mean, it's it's good. I like stiff stuff. And, I mean, if you have soft suspension on Supercross, it just doesn't work. Yeah. It just doesn't work. So, yeah. So, what's the goal between now and uh, Minneapolis? Just keep training. Just working <laughs> my butt off on that grind, you know. Got to just keep on chipping away and not do anything stupid, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you're not gonna it's going to be you. different, um, like you're learning Supercross now and doing laps and all that, yeah. but then doing it in a pack is going to be way different. Exactly. That's another thing I've got to learn, you know. I mean, there's one, <laughs> doing a, a main event at a practice track's one thing, and then doing a main event with, what is it, 19 other guys yeah. is a completely another another thing, you know, so... Yeah, that's I'm yet to experience that as well. So there's there's a lot of things to experience to come up in the future. So mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, what about uh, switching subjects a little bit? Like no, you're right. We've talked before about the food here. Yeah, and I was laughing because you told me that eating McDonald's in Europe is like 
perfectly acceptable. Yeah, right? it's it's cool. Like, it's like a me different. and Jeremy would go to <coughs> Macca's after a, a GP or something. Macca's. Macca's, yeah, it's, it's an Aussie sort of way to say McDonald's because yeah. we're just short and everything. But yeah, we'd go to Macca's, you know, they got good, it's good meat there. And I mean, after a GP weekend, we're just exhausted. We feel like our bodies are just depleted and mm-hmm. we just want something to bring our spirits up. <laughs> we just, you know, we just, well, not bring our spirits up, but just something that gives you a hit. And, and it got to, yeah, we'd get out after a Macca's, we'd be like, oh, that feels good. Yeah. You know, where where I don't think you could say, oh, that feels good not here. here. You no. know, like, so, yeah, the I mean, the bread there and stuff was good. we get, like, two burgers and, like, some chips and stuff. And, I mean, the chips were pretty fresh. And, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, not fresh, fresh, but, like, they haven't been sitting there all day long. And, yeah. I mean, the burgers were... We'd always, yeah, make a, a different, like, a custom one, so they'd mm-hmm. have to make it fresh. But, I mean, yeah, it's not the greatest, but, hey, freaking, I mean, every athlete knows that you'd a little, like, a cheat meal is not bad for you. Yeah. You, know, you have one cheat meal, like, once every two weeks or something. I mean, especially after a GP weekend, like, how we're there, it starts Friday. You're there burning Dude, calories so and energy long. from Friday lunchtime till Sunday. So it's like... Yeah, you're there for ages, and you're just so smashed. So yeah. So what are your? Uh, so I'm thinking about where you live. There's quite a bit of stuff. I know you've you've talked about uh, Chipotle. Yeah, Waba Grill. I like that. Waba, place. you like Waba Grill? Yeah, it's awesome. They cook the meat and chicken up right in front of you. Vegetables. Bit Have of Have you rice. been to Fr- Flame Broiler? No. Flame Broiler is like what Waba copied. Uh-huh. I prefer flame broiler. Okay, I'll have to try it. Like Rubio's. Yeah. That's pretty good. Um, we got a Chipotle on the way back from the test track. Yeah. So the boys are kind of always gone there. So I join in. Why not? I'm not going to say no. But you didn't um, You didn't like Wahoo's though? No, I, I wasn't a fan of Wahoo's. It just didn't seem as fresh and good as huh. other ones. I Wahoo's is a big supporter of motocross. Yeah? Yeah, like... Like, if you go to Wahoo's and, like, look around, you know, yeah. there's all the memorabilia on the walls. Yeah, all the stickers You'll You'll stuff. see, but yeah. you'll see, like, a James Stewart jersey. And the, the one yeah. in, I think the one off Hidden Valley has a James Stewart jersey and, okay. uh, and stuff like that. But Yeah. I mean, the food here is expensive. That's, I was surprised at how expensive it is. In Europe, mm. it's pretty cheap. And, like, here to eat healthy. Oh, uh, yeah. It costs oh, more to Dude, it's ridiculous. Healthy. Like, in Europe, you can eat pretty good. Everything's pretty good there, but... Here it's like, oh man, you got to chop your left foot off to afford like good chicken, you know? It's, yeah, it's ridiculous. So thinking about Australian food, you know, the first thing that comes to everyone's mind is Vegemite. But is yeah. there another like Australian dish that you 100%. try to prepare? Yeah, meat. Oh, <coughs> try to prepare like for. Like, for is there something that you try to make here? That's yeah, Australian on a cheap or meal, like I had a crack at making a meat pie. Aussie mm-hmm. meat pie, but it's just not the same. Like, man, so Australian... what a meat pie is ground up meat inside of a crust. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's like you have a a pie, like a sweet pie, like mm-hmm. apple pie thing, but it's got a good base and like good puffy pastry on top, mm-hmm. and then yeah, like ground beef, like a, gr- a mixed sauce, and then like a savory sauce, and then like some chunky meats. But you can get like mm-hmm. all different ones, but. We've tried to make them, and we, they have a pie knot in Costa Mesa here, but it's just not the same, you know. It's it's mm-hmm. there's not the same as a traditional Aussie pie. You know, it's funny is I I was just thinking about this right now as we we're speaking. 
in America, you see Chinese restaurants, Japanese, yeah. Korean, Peruvian, Mexican. I've never seen an Australian restaurant. No. They just can't handle it, bro. <laughs> they just can't handle it. I mean, I've been a lot of places. And, I mean, I feel like Australia's got just as good everything mm-hmm. as everywhere else has their specialties. Like, the chocolate in Switzerland or Belgium, mm-hmm. I feel like we have just as good in Australia. Mm-hmm. The, the schnitzels, like chicken schnitzel... Mm-hmm. Or something, I feel like we have it better than they have in Germany. Really? Yeah. Like, we have so much stuff. We have rib... Like, I honestly think we have the best food. Like, lollies. Haribo, they mm-hmm. come from France. They're made in France. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I feel like Starburst and Allen's lollies in Australia are better. Really? Yeah. Like, killer. Like, huh. we got Shapes Biscuits. Mm-hmm. Our biscuits are so good. Like, Shapes Biscuits. You ask any Aussie... Like, they're going to say shapes. They're going to like, yeah. Really? That's so good. They're the best. And, yeah, I miss it. So, I, is there, I mean, I say I've never seen one. But, like, is there, like, such a thing as an Australian supermarket, like, specialty store in the U.S.? No, I don't Have think so. Have you, like, Googled anything? Like, there's a there's <clears throat> a, a website that's, like, Australian foods. And it's, like, you can get, like, the things that you can't get out of Australia yeah like the biscuits the cereals the Milo that's another thing Milo it's like Oval uh, like Ovaltine I've seen that here Oval thing before, Milo yeah. Yeah. yeah that's killer that with milk that's a re- Ooh, that's a really dangerous um <laughs> what else yeah like all these sort of things and you can get them online but because you're buying it online and they ship it across it's the expensive. world it's expensive as you know like you better go back for a holiday see everyone and fill up two gear bags yeah. which we've done um <laughs> But yeah, it's ah, a that's crazy. It's funny you're talking about because uh, you told me before you lived at Kenny's house mm-hmm. to train his house in Germany. I think I told you the story. I went there. To yeah, go you film, went there a while ago. And he he said, "Oh, there's a hotel just down the street." So you probably know the hotel, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. dude. My buddy Chris Kinman and I we almost starved when we were there. You know, because we went there with our American Express. Card, corporate yeah, cards, nothing, right? Nothing works and that. Germany's like a cash-based society. Yeah. And literally, the and I couldn't find anywhere I could withdraw money with my ATM card. So literally, the only place that would take a card that we could eat was McDonald's. Yeah. Or the gas station. Yeah, the. Aral. So I'd go to the gas station. <laughs> and I was buying crackers and everything, yeah, yeah. but but the it's one. It's a lot better now. They have the best donut kebab shop. Oh yeah. Yep, the best one. They have the best ice cream. Parlor, what do you want to call it? Ice cream shop. You mm-hmm. go and you have all ice cream based stuff. Yeah. Like they make a, a thing that looks like spaghetti. Uh-huh. And and spaghetti bolognese, carbonara, like all different things. That is the best ice cream place I've ever been to. Uh-huh. Best kebab place, like kebab wrap, donut kebab and stuff. The best one there. Yeah, you should have gone there. That hey, was the best. Yeah, so I had one meal that wasn't gas station or McDonald's because I had like enough money to yeah. get one meal. And I got a thing called Currywurst. Yeah, Currywurst. Yeah, yeah. And for some reason, because the name, I thought it was going to be like Japanese curry. No, no. And it was totally different. It was just... Yeah, Currywurst. Currywurst. But, uh, yeah, the sausages there are pretty good. Yeah. And that area you were in there, they make the best uh, bratwurst. Yeah. In in Germany, that's the best area. Their specialty is tuning hey, and bratwurst. <laughs> when you were at Kenny's, did you ever go to the Titty Twister? <laughs> what? <laughs> Where's Dude, well, so we're rocking around town, right? Yeah. And there's this minivan wrapped with, like, an advertisement for a strip club. 
and it was literally called the titty twister titty and twister. it had a woman on the van and yeah. it said titty twister no I so i took a picture and it was all kenny have you ever been here and he goes oh that place is crazy <laughs> no i haven't seen it. i didn't know they had a strip club in a polder yeah i didn't I know no so. one told us about that one so. dude that that whole trip to germany for me was crazy because we got there and um i want to say that was before i even had an iphone i still had like a crappy blackberry so like we get there and we we had this rental gps thing and it was taking us the wrong way like over and over yeah, and over and then i was freaking out because we we're in a, a mini cooper and you know the freeways everyone there hauls ass and the yeah, mini cooper fast. i was getting just passed like crazy past. but yeah that was my german uh experience, experience. pretty crazy <laughs> But uh, well, hey man, uh, I think uh, I think I'm out of things to ask you. Yeah, no worries, <laughs> no worries. But uh, so we're what a few days away from New Year's. Are you guys doing anything good? Just laying low and East just Dale? working hard still, just nice. training and just carrying on with with everything. You know, my my girlfriend's back in in Swiss at the moment, finishing out her work and stuff. So yeah, nothing special really planned. Um, yeah. she comes over and another couple weeks so nothing really just with the family and stuff we got some friends over at the moment from australia mm-hmm. um with some younger kids so like jets age sort of friends and mm-hmm. so yeah just uh yeah the daily lifestyle i guess nice no well hey so uh let's see on instagram you're just hunter lawrence just hunter lawrence just hunter standard lawrence. oem is that your uh is that your main form of social media are you a twitter guy pretty much i mean i had twitter i got twitter when i like years sense. ago but i didn't know how to use it so i just oh, I deleted it yeah but yeah pretty much just instagram i got a like a yeah like a fan not a fan page but kind of like a page on facebook now mm-hmm. um because i'm trying to get off like my personal one trying to be the pro- bit professional and more professional. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Does Lucas uh, does Lucas preach anything to you? Like, oh, you have to post. No, he just he just says like when I'm not doing much, I'm I'm not like the guy to rock up to the track and like yeah, let's do a post like yeah out here at Milestone. Like I'll put a story up every now and then, and he's like, dude, throw a post up, come on. You're like, I don't know what you're doing, and I'm like, yeah. I'm not the best at it, but I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm making an effort. Like I made an effort for my Christmas thing. Yeah. Yeah, I done a little Christmas. The edit. little Christmas post. That was... Yeah, little Christmas post <laughs> with the uh, the snowflakes and the yeah, Santa hat. Pulling the sleigh. Yeah. And it freaking like, <clears throat> oh, I bonked on that one. I got like no likes. <laughs> no one was digging it, so I was like, all right, no more Christmas posts. <laughs> nice. Right on. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you for uh, for listening to uh, this chat with my buddy Hunter Lawrence, and uh, everybody. Keep an eye on the number 196 at Minneapolis. And Happy New Year to everyone. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. You've been listening to the Swap Moto Live podcast show presented by Ogio and hosted by my dad, Don Mera. Thanks for listening.